Uh, okay, let's start. Let's start this thing. Cool. Okay, everyone, what's going on? Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have a special guest, one of the people I admire a lot. Super successful, but success defined on his own terms. Uh, in the end, success is not the same for everyone, right? I suppose not. Success is relative. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just making sure it's recording. Oh, uh, would you mind speaking just a little bit closer to the sure. mic? I'll come closer. Thanks. There you go. Oh, okay, great, great. Are you comfortable? I think so. Yeah? Anytime you want to adjust anything, go ahead, feel free. The cool. AC, you can turn it off, turn it on, whatever you want. Seems perfect the way it yeah? is. Yeah, yeah, super flexible, by the way. Cool. Okay, um, I, I, see, I'm trying to hold myself from um, presenting you and, and uh, introducing you to everyone, but I feel like I cannot do you justice. Everyone is Ali Munfaradi. I'm sure people who would watch this or listen to this would already know who you are, but uh, well, why don't you give people a little you know, context and background of who is Ali Munfaradi? Sure. Um, I think I think the best way to describe myself without sounding like a super arrogant guy. Oh, by the way, if you explain it the way that uh, like you explain all the achievements you've done, it's not arrogant. You deserve everything that you think you shouldn't say. I understand that we'll get into this later, but you'll yeah. see why I'm somewhat hesitant to kind of brand myself in a particular way anymore but you, if i, I were to mean. if i were to describe myself in one way i'm just i'm a guy whose life been has been touched by jiu-jitsu yeah and today i am trying to influence as many people as possible positively using jiu-jitsu and that is my primary goal mm -hmm. obviously that's a very broad spectrum but yeah. i feel like you can be almost anybody today yeah of any size, age, uh, background, gender, uh, deficiencies, and jiu-jitsu has something to offer to you. People That's are so usually true. very hesitant to start a martial art like jiu-jitsu because yeah. they say, oh, maybe I need to lose weight first, or maybe I'm not tall enough, or yeah. I'm not flexible enough. And the, the point we're trying to get across uh, at Elements is it's not about what you can do for jiu-jitsu. Yeah. It's the opposite. It's what jiu-jitsu can do for you. Man, that's crazy. Because you told me the same thing when I inquired. And it was, it was, I, I wouldn't, I was so hesitant because of what you said. Being overweight, being struggling with weight uh, from all of my life. Uh, and not having the confidence to actually do something and go through with it. And I asked you, will it suit me? And then you came up with this amazing reply that made me fall in love more with jiu-jitsu, saying it's not what you, ha what you have to do for jiu-jitsu, it's what it can do for you and how it can impact your life. Uh, and I understand what you're saying because I stumbled upon jiu-jitsu uh, through... Um, you know, I, I used to go to UFC, mm -hmm. and I, I've seen them training jiu-jitsu. I've seen, like, as young as 60-year-olds up to really old men who are 50-year-old, and they still train. And they finish all sweaty, and they are really old. Yeah. I mean, that's how amazing it is. Because if, if you're 50-year-old, let's face it, you can't go kickbox, because in the end, kickboxing requires... You know, or sparring with someone requires, you know, impact. And then that could be... I have a recent video of Mike Tyson that would say otherwise. I've seen that. <laughs> I've seen that. That was crazy. But 54, I, I think. 54, 55 man, he's, right he's still got it, bro. Yeah, yeah. He's still got... I mean, not as, uh, as, as good as he was when he was in his prime, but... I'm sure he'd take care of himself against the average guy, at oh, least. Yeah, above yeah. average. He's yeah. above average. And yeah, I was speaking uh, on behalf of <laughs> average men... Uh, in this area, in this country where we are. Um, so, yeah, uh, I'm just saying that you said that you wanted to influence a lot of people. And my man, I'm telling you, you are. Keep doing what you're doing. That's very kind of you. Thanks. I appreciate that. Thanks. And um, yeah, um, I've seen oh, your Instagram is amazing. You keep yourself occupied. I didn't say busy because <laughs> you <laughs> keep <do>. yourself <laughs> occupied with a lot of things. Uh, and uh, one thing 
uh, that you do, I think that's a major thing you have at, at the moment is running your business. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Elements uh, uh, Academy or, or? Yes, Elements Jiu-Jitsu Academy. Elements Jiu-Jitsu Academy. Um, why don't you talk to uh, people and tell them what it is about? And uh, people are usually, I'm, I'm speaking for myself and my perspective, um, we get usually hesitant to approach uh, academies and, because we feel we don't belong there. And, mm -hmm. you know, every place make you feel like, okay, this is a separate world. Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to back away. I, I don't need that. But people don't understand that you guys are very open. Yeah. Um, so elements ended up happening because it's the natural progression in the jiu-jitsu field. Mm -hmm. Anybody who has, you know, a trajectory as a student, as an and then as an athlete, yeah, 99% of the time they would end up running their own academy. Mm -hmm. And that was always my dream. And it was a very, very, very difficult journey yeah, getting there. For sure. Just till opening day. I've had a lot of challenges and, you know, the kind of challenges that make you question if it's even possible. Yeah. But, you know, I've been blessed with a very good family. I've been blessed with very good people, a very good team. And to this day, uh, I have such a good team with me, our staff, our instructors, our partners, and that I can safely say that being a, an instructor, a teacher, uh, an athlete, as in a competitor, yeah. but also a business person, those three things, they don't clash for me. Hmm. It's a lot of work. Yeah. You, know, you sleep a little bit less, you spend less time on your hobbies or whatever, but it is because of those people that this is possible. Hmm. So the main idea with Elements, and this has always been my dream, was that I wanted to introduce a new level, a new brand of quality, mm. not just to jiu-jitsu, not just to the martial arts scene, but to the fitness and gym industry. Yeah. Um, Bahrain has had a, red, a relatively short, but very turbulent history with the fitness industry. Eh? Yeah. At any given point, even recently, there were gyms that kind of were like these fighter houses. Mm. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, you're not tough enough, get out of here. And it's funny because like these gyms would be treated in a way that this is like a sacred place, the best place ever, and you should earn the privilege to be here. But they're basically garages, you know? That's true. And obviously, you know, there's there's a lot of other underlying issues with that, yeah. you know? But I think in the end, if you are very comfortable in your own skin, mm. you don't have any like detrimental ego issues. Yeah then you can run your academy in a way that doesn't turn people away. Yeah. And it was always frustrating for me whenever I would see somebody like jiu-jitsu, take up jiu-jitsu, but then stop because they didn't feel welcome, you know? Mm. And this happens everywhere around the world, you know? Yeah. And it's not even because of particular personality issue from the business owners or the instructors or even the students. Sometimes it's just that you need to be doing things in a certain way professionally. Just because you're a good athlete or you're, good, you're a good practitioner or maybe you're a friendly guy, it's just not enough to be... To run the academy or yeah, whatever you're yeah. opening. Yeah, and what we're trying to do is we want to have, first of all, an inclusive environment where everybody can feel safe, mm. everybody can feel like they're part of a family. Uh, we opened in late, late August, early okay. September, and yeah. already we have people who are so committed to the place. They are so, uh, I don't want to say loyal, mm -hmm. because that's a very misleading word, but they, they have a sense of belonging. And Oh man, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was very organic because we don't demand that of, of anybody, you mm. know? We give people the service they deserve, the service they need, and in turn, they want to give back in any way that they can. And I think that's the best kind of... That's crazy, man, because you're creating an environment where... Uh, I, well, basically, you, you open your place for people to register um, and train to learn jiu-jitsu, but in turn... They become friends and family in a way. I've been, That's what you're saying? Since we opened, I've been blessed with so many amazing people. We wow. have like an amazing set of uh, uh, 
like elements family members we yeah. call and uh yeah i've been very blessed i've 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 been in touch with some uh phenomenal people and part of that is because not it's not just you know having that environment mm. that is difficult to manage but yeah. i think like I was saying earlier, we, we wanted to introduce a different standard, a different yeah. level. I think you did, bro. I, I think you, you I, are doing I, that. I, I, I really do believe so. I think we've been positive, positively influencing the scene. And yeah. like sometimes people tell me, oh, so-and-so copied you, so-and-so is doing that. I don't see it as that. It's positive influence. Yeah. It was yeah, the exactly. whole point. Not wow, that's crazy, man. Yeah. That's, that, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, and, and like people say, oh, but like... Uh, you're giving the secrets away or whatever. There are no secrets in there. There are no secrets. They can learn online, right? And my secret is my work ethic. If somebody wants to do what I'm doing better than me, they would have to work harder. They would have to be better. They would have to... Just having that mentality, man, makes you all the more uh, 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 amazing person and puts you in a spot where it's very hard to reach, by the way, when you have that kind of uh, uh, mentality and workforce pushing you and it's actually, I, th- I believe that's not just a secret behind success. It's the whole, it's the whole, like, it's not just the base. It's the whole building. If, if you don't have the, the passion and work ethic to, you know, say, okay, I'm not going to, because you reached a point in your life where you've mastered a lot of fundamentals plus advanced techniques in jiu-jitsu. And now you're at a place where you can pass that on to people. And for, you know, for someone to misinterpret that as, you know, you're giving away secrets mm. and things that you need to hide some things for, just for you. Just, and that's the mentality that we find in a lot of businesses, by the way. Um, and all, if I look at all the successful people and all the successful um, influencers that I'm following, whether it was a jiu-jitsu, filmmaking, uh, cooking, or whatever, because I'm into all of those things, uh, all, the, all the successful people are not holding back on any kind of information. Yeah. They share every single detail. They, and one of them actually said, uh, his name is Peter McKinnon. He's a, he's a famous Canadian uh, YouTuber. Okay. He said, if I don't feed you these things, if I don't teach you these things, someone will. Yeah. And it's easy to get anything online or learn it by yourself and you can teach everyone. So why not benefit everyone? Myself, because I know, I, I don't need to like, what's the benefit of me just keeping this information just for me? Yeah. The, the way I see it is that like I'm sharing information and best case scenario, people learn from that information. They grow. Yeah. Whether they're my competitors or not, yeah. it'll only make me work harder. It'll make me grow even more because the idea isn't to take a set of students or a set of disciples, if you will, and keep them within my walls mm. and just stay within our bubble. The, yeah. the idea is to elevate the entire country, the entire region. And yeah, so part of that was just a much more systematic way mm-hmm. in approaching not just the business, but also the methodology, but also the way we run our classes, the way we we deal with our students. Yeah, Everything is based on a system. Our coaches are trained in it. Everything is systematic, numerical, and it's, it's, it's odd because a lot of people think that you have to be of a very high level just yeah. to be able to do something in an organized way, but it's the opposite. That's Sometimes true. you could have very limited knowledge, yeah. but if you present it in a very approachable way for your students, mm-hmm. your customers, you are probably far more likely to positive, positively influence people. Yeah. There's a lot of people in the jiu-jitsu scene uh, in particular where they're like legendary competitors, yeah. but they don't even know how to talk to a customer. <laughs> they, don't, they, they don't know how to even teach a, like, a successful class. Yeah. Because uh, I learned this a long time ago from uh, my instructor, Fabio Gargel. He said, the mark of a successful class isn't you showing the most complicated or coolest technique. Mm. And then you just confuse everybody. And then you go out of that class feeling good about yourself. Oh, I just gave them the best information ever. <laughs> the mark of a successful class is every single student leaving that room 
having benefited, having absorbed some information, having learned something. Yeah. No matter how basic the information was, everybody benefited, that's a successful class. So I take that and I try, I try to kind of implement that in my life in general. Yeah. And yeah, if other people start doing that, then that's a very good thing, you know, because we're all, we're all here on this earth for, for, for a very limited time. That's and true. Uh, I'm not going to be here forever. So if I can positively influence the rest and everybody else can adopt these practices, yeah. then that's good, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Man, I feel like uh, you, you and, and your entire family are keeping a mark when it comes to jiu-jitsu in Bahrain. Uh, you, your family reminds me of the Gracies, man. Yeah. Seriously. We, we get called the Gracies of Bahrain. You <laughs> are the Gracies of Bahrain. That's crazy. That's yeah. so crazy. And um, before, um, uh, like, I was online trying to find a good place um, that I can, you know, utilize to learn more about jiu-jitsu and maybe to s sign up for a monthly membership. Um, but it was so hard for me, and I've never visited any one of those places except your academy mm -hmm. the place is amazing by the way thank you it's, it's really nice it's thank really you. nice when you when you go up the elevator and it opens you see the mat you see uh, like a small training area on the right yeah it's pretty it's pretty impressive and really neat the idea we wanted people to come in and we didn't want them to feel like they're going in a gym yeah exactly you know, that's that, that's true yeah that whole <laughs> open concept mm. good lighting simple colors yeah. you know and obviously, again, like this isn't 100% my vision. I have a very good team with me and mm. they had very, very important contributions. Bro, kudos to you guys. Thank you. <laughs> it's, re it's really nice. I, I, pick, I can't imagine myself every day going there and not getting bored. Yeah. There are a few gyms and including UFC, to be honest. I, mm. I don't tell anyone my feed. I didn't give them my feedback, basically. I, I think that like walking up to UFC, have you been there to the gym? I don't think I have. I don't... Uh, yeah, I don't think I have, no. Yeah, it just feels like you, like, like you said, you're walking up to a gym and then, you know, you don't have that hype. There is a hype. There is a certain hype um, mm -hmm. when you're going to uh, work out, you know? Yeah. But I didn't feel it, to be honest, in UFC. And that's one of the reasons why I really did not want to join their jiu-jitsu because it, it wasn't, you know, exclusively jujitsu. It's like more of an MMA scene there, mm -hmm. um, and they they have great trainers and uh, and whatnot. But it wasn't my thing, so that's why I didn't I didn't renew my membership. Mm -hmm. And then, to be honest, just recently the Gracie Academy opened in Bahrain. Oh yeah, and I'm like, whoa, the the Gracie Academy, and I've seen uh, Henner Gracie talking about it, and and yeah. his brother, and I'm like, oh my goodness, I have to, I have to check it out. And I, and I did, to be honest. Uh, that's after I've seen your place. Uh, I was trying to compare, um, you know, prices, uh, to be honest, and ambience, atmosphere, and whatnot. Um, they have a nice place, but thank God I did not enroll. I was about to, mm. and then COVID hit. <laughs> yeah, like, I actually know the owners. Uh, they're very nice people, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, they opened right around the time COVID hit. And yeah, yeah I wouldn't wish that upon anybody. Oh, man. I, I, think, I think they were prepared, in a sense, but... Yeah, like, uh, they're probably not expecting that. I don't exactly. think anybody was expecting no this. No one was yeah. expecting yeah. this, exactly. Not to this extent. Man, the whole COVID hit hard. Even my wife got affected. I mean, she got fired from her job. I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, man. So Everyone many people, is, yeah. Hey, every, we're all on the same boat. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, alhamdulillah, thank God I'm still working. But, yeah. you know, until when, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, obviously... When it hit us as a gym, like, I think we were as prepared as we could possibly be as a business, That's you good. know, like I've yeah. never been the kind of business owner who just takes all the money in the cash register and walks away with it, you know, <laughs> yeah. like we have proper accounting, we always have an emergency fund, you know, good. and because in the end we have to, we have a, we have a very, we have a very good team Yeah. And we have to make sure everybody in the end gets paid and everybody mm. gets what they deserve. Yeah. And then we worry about what we're going to do with, you know, whatever's left. So yeah. obviously most of our resources went into keeping the gym afloat during this time. Yeah. And uh, it didn't take very long for us to understand that this is something that might 
lasts a little while. Exactly. So we started shifting our focus. And, and I've seen that. It's yeah. crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. It's good. It's yeah, very yeah. good, it's, man. These are progressions I needed to make, mm. but I don't know when or how I'd have made them if not for this newly attained uh, free time. Yeah. On a personal level, I've been studying like crazy. I've been finishing one course after the other. I've been absorbing information like a sponge. Yeah. Or trying to, you know. Yeah. And uh, it's almost overwhelming because uh, you, you're like, oh, I'm getting so. all this information. How can I apply it? Or yeah, or like transmute it into something that is beneficial for my business. Yeah. You yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so there's that. There's trying to stay fit. There's mm. trying to keep in touch with our elements community. Yeah. There's we started teaching uh, online classes. Mm. And like online private classes. Yeah. And thank God it's 2020 because if this was 10 years ago, it, it might have been a complete yeah, failure exactly, technology wise. Exactly. You know? That's true. I don't know about 10 years ago because 10 years ago Skype was a thing, but let's say 15 yeah. years ago. Let's say, yeah, let's say 15 years ago. Give, give yeah. it uh, five more years. <laughs> yeah. But the one progression that everybody has been asking mm. or demanding and is uh, having an online platform because. Yeah. In jiu-jitsu, the top, top cream of the, cr- cream of the crop names, yeah. they either have their own online platform, which is rare, yeah. or they're part of a general pr- platform, yeah, which I hosts many you. different people. Yeah, exactly. you know? So we looked at those two options. People, not everybody lives in Bahrain or you know, has the yeah. conditions to train with us. You know? And a lot of people, especially within the region, they always say, you know, if you just have your content online, we would be the first subscribers. And yeah, so it took that mm. and, you know, a couple of different influences. And I thought, yes, this is something we have to do. Yeah. And I'm so glad you did it. Yeah. Because uh, like you said, it's uh, you opened you opened something new. Um, like if, already all of your members here can jump on the wagon yeah. and, you know, fi- find your videos online. Plus, you added the the ability of everyone outside of Bahrain to dig into your head, yeah. and and you know find your classes, and that's that's pretty amazing. Yeah, but um, I bet it's taking a lot of your time. It, isn't initially, it? Uh, initially it was a lot of groundwork, mm. uh, just you know setting up the domain, connecting it to our elements website, yeah. uh, the filming, the editing, the softwares we had oh, to man. purchase and, and had to learn to use. And, and then I think the most critical decision point was when I had to decide whether I needed to do A or B, mm. my own platform or, sh- or, or, or use a more general like, platform. Yeah. And I went to the top platform and uh, I spoke to the owners and uh, yeah, I, I I just not rather mention the, the platform just because uh, I don't want to you know just oh, get, give them a bad name because yeah. honestly they're fantastic you know, yeah. but their offer wasn't very fantastic and they said this is the offer we have, and it would basically be like a sharing arrangement yeah where I would get like a percentage uh, of the profits and they would get a percentage of the profits and it would have no cost from my end, mm-hmm. very safe yeah. you know there's. No risk. Yeah. You put your content out there and, you know, you get whatever you get, you know? Yeah. The other option would be designing our own platform. You do it all by yourself. Yeah. Oh, man. And then you keep the revenue to yourself as well. Yeah. Obviously, it's more risky. It's there's more a, risky. There's yeah. a significant running cost because mm-hmm. you're running the platform, you're hosting it, um, you're purchasing the domains, you're basically paying the, the web rent. Yeah. And obviously we weren't very uh, experienced with this. So we had to learn, we had to do Mm. the courses, we had to, and yeah, there was a critical point where, and everybody was like, no man, you gotta be on this platform. The fact that they want you is amazing. You'd be the first in the region to ever do something like that. Obviously I'd be the first in the region to host my own platform as well. Yeah, exactly. You know, but it was the easy way out and I'm glad I didn't. Yeah. You know, I'm glad I didn't because now we have something that we can call our own. We can literally design it from the ground up. That's true. Uh, We deal with the customer service part. Whenever somebody has a question, whenever somebody wants to get in touch, whenever somebody is having issues or whatever, we talk to them. Man, that's crazy. Being familiar with your work ethic and your team's work ethic, I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, want the opposite. I wouldn't want someone non-elements staff uh, dealing with a customer service. 
Yeah. You're, if, if anyone is dealing with, with Element staff, you would know the difference, to be honest. I mean, I'm sure their customer service is amazing too, you know, but I'd be like, uh, w- like just one sm- small part mm. of a much bigger movement, you know, and we yeah. really wanted to do our own thing. And yeah, I don't regret it because it took three months of learning, failing, groundwork. Obviously, this kind of platform hasn't done, hasn't been done in Bahrain before, mm. at least in our industry. Yeah. So we basically had to, you know, call up the banks, understand <laughs> what the process was, get yeah. wrong answers, go to another bank, get more wrong answers. Because it's funny around here, customer service. A lot of times, it's. The person trying to give you an answer as opposed to saying, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so Even if they don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I, I got a lot of wrong answers. Man, Saat, I feel like uh, they they just give you an answer just for the heck of it. Yeah. They don't they don't care if it's right or wrong. They just want to, you know, they want to serve you and leave. Yalla, khalas. So, yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> but, yeah, throughout the process, I think I opened three new bank accounts. Wow. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. And then now I really want to see, I've been to your account. There was a specific podcast. You were talking about your time spent in Brazil. Yeah, man. That was crazy. I, it was hilarious. The, <laughs> the, the stories about you um, getting robbed first and lipstick. Yeah, man, that's crazy. And people, I think that RIP our listeners need to know about that. <laughs> um, so basically, you know. I try and live a good life now. You know, yeah. I'm very spoiled now. Uh, <laughs> like I can't sleep without five pillows. Man, compared <laughs> to what you, you what you yeah. were going through, that was crazy. Yeah, but you know, obviously, I was a student in Brazil. Uh, I come from a very hardworking and humble family, and mm. I was there on a very tight budget. And thank God, uh, they did the best they could to provide for me. And I tried to be as, like. Let's say budgeted instead of cheap. I try to be as budgeted as possible. I like that word. <laughs> yeah. I like that word. And but, uh, sorry, how long did you stay in Brazil? Almost five years. Wow. Yeah, almost five years. And mm-hmm. obviously, I did my university studies there. Yeah. Had to learn the language, which was a whole other mess. You know, it was very <laughs> difficult. And we had to study, I had to study in Portuguese. And yeah, so I came out learning Jiu Jitsu, but also a new language. But back to the issue at hand. <laughs> um, so I moved into a fighter house and mm. everybody there was also very budgeted. And yeah. like nobody like, tried to invest into the living space and yeah. the kitchen or the, or the living room. We didn't even have a clock. We didn't have furniture. Everybody just had their rooms, their laptops. And that, that was pretty much oh it, you know? Yeah. And if you don't mind, just explain to everyone what's a Fighter, fighter. What's that? Fighter house. Uh, fighter house is basically like a shared apartment, and yeah. we were we were all people who were you know living with a common goal, and okay. we we had the space rented out, and we were mm-hmm. trying to train at Fabio Gorgel's and make it in life, okay. you know. Okay. And it rotated. The roster rotated a lot. Basically, every time somebody made it in life, they moved out of the fighter house because it was a garbage dump. <laughs> Damn. So, <laughs> so the roster rotated a lot, you know. Yeah. Um, Bernardo Ofaria, he's like a legend in the sport. Yeah. Uh, he was part of the fighter house. Uh, basically, a lot of world champions were made in that apartment building. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay. So I get there and, mm. uh, you know, you start at the bottom of the food chain, you know. I yeah. was not only a lower belt, I was also a kid. And I, like basically the way the rotation worked there the last person to come in would get the least advantages and the mm. more the senior ones would get like the larger bedroom yeah etc yeah. etc et obviously the more you advance in uh, in 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 was it learning or oh no just seniority within the house you know oh, oh this okay. guy has been here for four years which yeah. is mean which means he's been investing in the house for four years he gets you know seniority okay okay and I then when it. the top guy leaves the second one he takes his bedroom mm. he gets more advantages uh, it was kind of like a pirate ship, if you think about it. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I started off sleeping on the ground. Yeah. Upgraded into a very bad cushion, a mattress. <laughs> nice and th- one. And then I upgraded into Leo Noguera's very bad bed, but it was a bed. It was a bed. Yeah, yeah. and then eventually I had my own proper bed. And, and then you, be- you became the senior person there. I don't know about senior, yet. but at one point, I was one of the founding fathers. Wow, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> okay. And yeah, like everything, like, you know, just living your life, cooking. Like, it was funny because uh, it was one of the worst buildings ever, you know. Uh, everybody was moving out of it. It was a very mm. dodgy place. 
And uh, in Portuguese, they used to call it the Kudi Cachorro, which basically means the dog butthole. What? Kudi? Kudi Cachorro. Kudi Cachorro? Yes, Cachorro's dog. Ku is butthole. <laughs> so, and uh, it was such a bad, dodgy place. Mm. And there was a point where everybody... Excuse me, bro. I'll just... Uh, yeah. The camera always stops after 30 minutes. Ah, they do that. Man, conversation was on fire. Keep no, going. <laughs> and yeah, there was a point where everybody had already moved out of the building. They were going to demolish the building. And the people I was living with, they weren't very proactive, you know? They were mm. just like, oh, maybe they won't, maybe later, whatever. But we needed to find a place fast. Oh, man. And we were there, and they weren't even taking rent from us anymore because the owners of the building, they sold it off. Oh, you know? shoot. Uh, but so then, you're living yeah. there kind of illegally? or Well, how? I didn't know that. The senior member was still <laughs> taking rent like a slumlord from us. Oh, so he made, yeah, yeah, he made thousands off of us. Very terrible dude. But anyways. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was a slumlord. Eventually he left. But uh, he also made it in life. He married rich. He moved to the States. Wow. Yeah. But. Uh, Such an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, but what happened is that. Yeah. So they're basically demolishing the rest of the apartments. They're taking them apart. Yeah. And we're still there. Oh, and man. by the time we finally moved out of that place. They demolished the whole building. Mm. And I remember coming back just passing by it a few weeks later and the whole building was gone and they put like a little real estate office over there. Oh shoot. So you moved out on time. Yeah, or yeah. no, not on time. I, like walls were being taken down on moving day. Oh yeah. goodness. And we moved into a house this time and it was every bit as bad. Uh, <laughs> uh, they called this one the cabana and yeah. it was like when I say house, I don't want you to um, imagine it as some kind of upgrade. It was such an old Terrible piece of garbage. <laughs> and uh, obviously, you know, I got the shortest end of the stick. So I had like the outhouse, you know, uh, there, like uh, there was like the main house. Yeah. And then there was like a small little room outside with its own bathroom. Oh, man. And uh, you got that instead. Yeah. I thought it was great, you know, like my own space and whatever. Well, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I'd have to pass through a storm every time because it's a very windy, rainy city, Sao Paulo. Yeah. So every time I'd have to pass there, like my food would get soaked. Oh, and, man. Oh, <laughs> and man. I can't imagine your situation. <laughs> yeah. But I made the best of it. Like, I never thought it was bad. I just thought, okay. Because you know? you're living in the moment, right? Yeah. And yeah. also, like, it meant that I got to stay there for longer. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like at the time, I was so young, you know, and like I never was concerned with, uh, you know, with cash flow or money. I, the only money that concerned me was the money that sustained my lifestyle. Mm. Uh, it was never about getting hotel rooms. And if we did, it would be like four people in one room <laughs> or sit crashing on somebody's couch yeah. or, you know. So I never saw it as a bad thing. But, you know, Chapala is dangerous town I've, so i've heard man yeah and uh yeah i got robbed more than once and oh, it's funny shit. because the area where the academy is at my university and where we lived yeah it was one of the safest quote-unquote classiest neighborhoods you know it wasn't what you would consider like uh favela yeah like it wasn't like uh you know there were no gangs or okay yeah. you know but you know uh did you did you uh, uh were you able to research about that or did you just find out after moving there or oh, well, i mean brazil's known for being you know high crime i knew <laughs> yeah. that and in fact every time somebody found out i studied in brazil they're like whoa isn't it dangerous mm. and yeah my answer was i guess yeah but you know <laughs> i'm usually riding a bike yeah and if somebody's gonna try and mug me well good luck you're gonna have to run after me you know <laughs> and nice generally speaking when you're like bearded athletic guy in a hoodie you know yeah. people don't want to they don't want to yeah you. you know especially it's Faraday, guys. yeah you, i mean they you, don't you know that <laughs> but also you know you don't want to walk around you know flashing your phone or your watch or whatever you know yeah. so it was a, it was a humble did, life didn't you get anyone's uh, against your wishes like just because thinking of living there or studying there for this amount of time yeah didn't your parents say, hey, no, watch out? Or did you do your studies and tell them, hey, it's actually this, this, this? I mean, they were always worried. My parents always worry for me. But uh, our relationship is really built on trust. Mm. And 
they knew I wanted to do this. Yeah. They trusted me and, you know, they kind of supported me in the best way they could, but they were kind of probably like dying of fear the entire time. Yeah, I bet they were. Yeah. I never actually had a gun pointed to my face, you know, it was always like... Uh, oh, shit. So yeah. you've had a gun somewhere next to you, but not pointed <laughs> at your face? <laughs> like for me, my personal experience, it was always petty theft. Like one time I remember I received like, at the time, this was the biggest thing ever, Beats by Dr. Dre. And I would have never, oh. I would have never bought these because they're like 200 BD. Uh, Exactly. Uh, for the basic headset at the time. And I got it as a gift. And it was actually for winning the world championship. Wow. And uh, so I got that and uh, I kind of put them in my pocket. Mm. And I remember crossing the street. Yeah. And when I got to the other side of the street, it was not in my pocket anymore. What? And I looked on the, I looked on the pavement. I looked on the road. I went back to the restaurant and it was nowhere to be found. So somebody just, because they were very baggy shorts. Yeah. So it was very easy to like, just kind of pick it up and How the take off. fuck? Oh my goodness. So it, you have those kind of theft there. Yeah. So if you're not really paying attention, yeah, you yeah, could yeah. lose your phone or something. Yeah. Uh, then there's, you know, the infamous uh, thunder incident. Uh, so I had a couple of bikes throughout my run. The first yeah. one was an absolute piece of garbage who I loved wholeheartedly. Thunder, that was my b uh, bicycle. And uh, I didn't even realize this. Thunder was all yellow. That's why I call it Thunder. Okay. But I remember at one point a piece of it was blue or red. And this, my dad reminded me. They were like, why is your bike like that? And I didn't want to tell them that, you know, it broke apart and I had to get like a cheap replacement. And, oh, it was just like that when I got it, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So at the academy, there was no designated place to park our bikes. Hmm. So we would basically stack them up on the wall. The first person to arrive would have like six, seven, eight other bikes on top of it. Okay. And it would be very difficult to remove your bike if it was the first one there. But yeah, yeah that was our life. Hmm. But one day I was the first one there and I leave the academy and my bike is not there anymore. Oh, Somebody wow. took thunder. And whoever took it decided to take the most difficult to attain bike off the wall. My so, goodness. I mean, it was the biggest piece of garbage. So <laughs> they probably were thinking he's not going to miss it. You know, why should I take uh, like yeah. the, the top brand in uh, Brazil for bikes was uh, Caloi. Mm. So the robber was thinking, no, 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 not Caloi. It's like uh, these people probably need these bikes, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, they took away Thunder. And oh, then man. I remember being so upset. In fact, uh, when we talked about this in the other podcast. Yeah. Some of my friends in Brazil, they were just like cracking up because <laughs> they said, I remember how upset you are. <laughs> I remember just like thinking, why would somebody do this? How could somebody do this? I was so naive, you know? Yeah. And my friend Thomas, he gave me his dad's old bike just to kind of, you know, be able to get, get from by. point A to yeah. point Yeah. And it was tiny. It was small. It was like maroon red. Yeah. And this was... Lipstick. <laughs> and okay. I mean, lipstick got the job done. I mean, yeah. the remainder of my trip was with lipstick. Uh, and I don't know who's using lipstick right now, but uh, I, I, I pity them. <laughs> but yeah, I remember I was once in the south of Brazil for a tournament and my mm. friend, one of my roommates calls me and he says, Addy, we've been robbed. So it's a house and obviously, you know, there's a door and everything and yeah. there's a gate and our bikes were behind the gate. Okay. So somebody saw the bikes, broke the door, and stole the bikes. So anyone passing by would see your the bike bikes, there? Yeah. Okay. But they're bicycles. Who would break a lock and a door? Just to get a bicycle. Uh, uh, but that's Brazil, man. They would steal anything there. <laughs> you know? And my immediate question was like, what about lipstick? Is lipstick okay? And he said, they took everything and they left lipstick. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So now, this isn't like thunder bad. This is like lipstick bad. So the, the robber saw that and was like, I have no use for this. <laughs> I'm not going to take lipstick. Uh, just keep it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, those, that was the life, you know. Yeah. Uh, whenever we, like, because whenever I would tr compete in the main IBJJF circuit, it would involve Europe. It would involve Brazil. It would involve the States a couple of times. Mm. So these are very expensive trips. Yeah, for so sure. So we would obviously get the cheapest flights, all the connections you need to get. And when we get there, a car would be split between five people mm. and a room would be split between four people. Man. And, and yeah, I would not do that for my life today. Today, like I would not do a roommate. Because <laughs> like I've... 
you know, I feel like I've suffered enough. You've su- yeah, yeah, you've already been through it. Yeah, but it's unbelievable that on the weekend that I won the world championship, I had 10 different fights and I had three snoring idiots oh, in the shoot. same room. Like, I, I cannot even imagine doing that today. Like, oh man. Yeah. The amount of yeah, rest yeah. you need before before a championship yeah. and the stress that you're facing anyways in the beginning but i was a kid i had uh, I, yeah i had thick skin i guess you yeah. Know? yeah yeah and uh, see those experience in in my opinion they shape your future and and make you what you are today and they made you what you are today right without hardship and you know less all of these lessons that you can accumulate throughout the years throughout throughout you having to sleep on the floor and a bad and then a bad foam and, and all of these things, they are actually building blocks for what you can what you can say that you learned. Oh, for sure. Like I spent, I think up until the age of 25, yeah. living my life basically paycheck to paycheck. Oh, Not man. in a bad way, but in a way that I wasn't pursuing financial success. I was yeah. just trying to improve. I was just trying to become the best practitioner possible, travel as much as I could, train mm-hmm. as hard as I could. And I think it was that kind of single-mindedness yeah. that paved the way for Elements today. Exactly. And like, success just comes with it. Success is a bonus, basically. It's, I guess you could say that. I, yeah, I guess you could say that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and man, uh, so I've heard and I've seen jiu-jitsu change people's lives in so many ways and uh, that's all based on observation unfortunately i didn't have the the chance to experience it firsthand and one of the main things that i'm really scared of that i have a phobia against and this could be funny because mm. all of my cousins and my friends think it's fucking hilarious that i'm so terrified of tumbling mm. i had a, okay when i was I don't know what age, but Khan Safarabe. Okay. Okay. Fourth grade, uh, PE, and the teacher was forcing me to tumble. And okay. uh, by doing that, they were pushing me and it cracked my teeth. Uh, when you say tumble, you mean roll over your head? Roll. I see. Yeah, all right. And it cracked my teeth. Oh, no. Yeah, it, it wasn't. Well no, well, no wonder Well, no wonder you fear it. You know, you had trauma very uh, early yeah, on in your man. life. And since that day, I'm like, this is not for me. Yeah. And it's all in my head. And like every now and then I try to, you know, come over that fear or get rid of that fear and face it. But then every time it's like I want to push myself. I want to do it. But then something stops me. And Well, it's funny because dealing with, uh, you know, the new customers who come in, you see people come in with these different sets of fears. Mm. And people come with different kinds of baggage. Mm. And what's lovely about jiu-jitsu is that it's very inclusive in a way that, you know, people could be like from different social classes, different wealth, different sizes, different ages, but when they put on their geese and they step on the mat, they're all living under the same set of rules and everybody's having a good time. And you know, and they can help each other grow with these little problems they have together. Mm. So you could have like, you know, the bank CEO training with some humble student like myself once upon a time, Mm. and they could both be having a similar problem like yours, you know, the fear of rolling over your head. And it's funny because it always kind of comes back to trauma. Mm. Like I've had students afraid of cartwheels because of, you know, uh, gym class. Yeah. One of my assistant coaches, you know, he's uh, he's uh, actually very skilled, you know, very good at what he does. But one thing he feared doing was not, it's not necessarily like a, like a shoulder roll or a cartwheel. It was like rolling over your head, like a barrel roll. Yeah. He would just cringe every time I, you know, like sometimes, you know, just as part of a dyna- dynamic warm up, just to warm up your, you know, your spine, your shoulders, shoulder, we would do yeah. something like that, you know, to incorporate into the movements. And he would just like act super weird every time. It ha- I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? You roll around, you throw people, people throw you overhead, shoulder, what's going on? And he's like, yeah, I don't know. It's weird, you know? Yeah. Obviously, it took us time to battle that. Yeah. But my point is that... Jiu-Jitsu is very honest like that. Mm-hmm. It reveals, you know, what what your issues are. And you can find common ground with other people and you can help each other grow together. Mm. And 
like you look at many sports, many, 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 many sports, like too many to name. Yeah. They have a very short lifespan for the practitioner. Mm. Usually people stop doing it either because they grow old or because, you know, their body can't sustain it anymore or because they retired, yeah. you know. But what I'm trying to introduce to people is that jujitsu is so inclusive. It doesn't matter where you're at, you know. Fitness, age, gender, size, weight, height, flexibility. It doesn't matter because it's not that the sport is so unique that everybody can do it. It's quite different. It's the fact that you will adapt it into what works for you. So part of my mission as a teacher is not to show people just what I do or how I do what I do best. Mm. I'm trying to give them a set of common ideas, fundamentals, and maybe things that are not necessarily my favorite way of doing things, but I yeah. introduce that to them so that they can develop and blossom into whatever works for them. Hmm. So an older guy who's not super flexible, he might you know, be a little bit tighter with his game. He might play half guard. He might not want to get bent over his neck. Hmm. But a more younger athletic guy, he might be doing all of these explosive jumps and throws and shots and takedowns. Yeah. A more flexible guy might be very, very comfortable on his back. Mm. Uh, somebody who's had spinal injuries might want to have more of a top game. Yeah. And it's such a fun journey discovering what does and does not work for you. Mm. My only responsibility is that I don't just show what I like, which yeah. is why I'm constantly studying, constantly researching, even things that are not necessarily... Uh, something I ad adopt for myself. Mm. So let's say I do A, B, and C. A, B, and C works really well for me. It is my obligation to learn D, E, and F because maybe that'll be your specialty. That's crazy. <laughs> that's, that's nice. I like that perspective. Like you learn everything about it, not just what you like, just to convey that it is possible. If you're into D, F, G, H, whatever you want, that it is possible. And it's not necessary that you have to learn A, B, and C because I like A, B, and C. Yeah. And that's what a lot of uh, uh, gyms are all about. Like, if if you go to a gym uh, that teaches kickboxing in in a specific way, no, you go to that gym. You have to learn that way because that's the only way that they teach. And you know, even as a competitor, I've I've been a victim of this as well. You see somebody who's really successful. Yeah. And you think, okay. He's doing that game. He's doing this kind of technique. That must be the way to succeed. And oh, we yeah. do that in life as well. In yeah, business, in our work, in our studies. And we think that that's the best way. Oh, man. And that's the most misleading way. Because, that's so true. Yeah. Because that's so true. You see the guy who's succeeding and you think that's the recipe for success. That's not the recipe. That's the result. Oh, my goodness, man. Yeah. You're, you're touching home with me because everyone is saying, hey, if you're doing a podcast, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Why don't you copy this person or in any project that I'm working on? Let they, me tell you something. Oh. If you want to copy somebody, yeah. let's say the best guy, the best podcast or the best jiu-jitsu guy or the best business owner, mm. when you want to do a carbon copy of somebody, mm. your best hope is to become an okay copy of somebody who's more successful. That's true. The best thing you can do is try to absorb all of the information and apply it in the best way that works for you. There's no exactly. recipe for success. That's true. If there was like a set of instructions that made you a great podcaster, then mm. we'd all be great podcasters. It's yeah. easy. Just follow the rules. Exactly. No, like, man, like throughout my journey, even before I opened the academy, people told me, no, you shouldn't do this or you shouldn't do it that way. Yeah. Or you shouldn't, you know, teach your class that way. But in the end... It really, because there's so many variables, you know, mm. we're in a different country, we're, we're in a different culture. Yeah. I'm a different kind of guy, you know? So yeah, like you gotta, you have to create your own path. That's true. And, That's true. and a lot of times you'll see that a lot of successful people, let's talk about sports in particular, mm -hmm. they do a certain game or they, mm. you know, follow a certain set of techniques and you think, no, that's the way. No, 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 no. Be the best you. Yeah. Be the best you, and then maybe one day people will want to be like you and they'll make the same mistake again. Exactly, exactly. And what I find, um, what I can connect between all of these successful people is the consistency that they have. Mm -hmm. And I mean, for personally, I don't mind copying someone and I don't care if someone copies me and I don't mind taking something from, from someone successful and copying in a specific way 
but for me to copy him obviously or her i'm not going to be as successful mm -hmm. but i'm just taking you know the technique and what they did i'm trying to, to learn i'm trying to learn everything that comes with doing it in a specific way and finding things and you know slowly removing things that don't fit with me mm -hmm. and then in the end incorporate it to what i usually do or how i usually do the things and that's um that's how i like to operate when it comes to professional um, work life or personal work life, the things I'm doing now. Um, yeah, it's just frustrating sometimes when you see people always saying, hey, into Bahraini, why don't you talk Arabic? No one listens to English. And I'm like, no one like you listens to English, mm -hmm. but in Bahrain only, it's 1.5 million, the, po the population here. Mm -hmm. And my aim is not just Bahrain. Mm -hmm. My aim is people, wa people might want to get, you know, or might want to get information that they can't get in Arabic. Mm -hmm. So my my main point is English is universal. Yeah, you're thinking about the long game. You're I'm, not, you're I'm thinking trying, of, yeah. exactly of the long game. And uh, and to generalize, this day and age, it's, there are people who don't speak English, but majority of the world speak the universal language, Yeah, English. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons why I said, okay, if you don't know English, you might as well learn. <laughs> <laughs> Get with the times, right? Yeah, man. Super crazy. My whole uh, niche about this thing is to have just normal conversations. I don't do interviews. I'm very bad. Mm. I sometimes, I sometimes I'm bad with listening because I hear something. I'm like, oh, I want to say something and try to, you know, butt in. Yeah. But I, you know, I fix that. I fix that early on because I, <laughs> I did a few podcasts in the beginning that were not, <laughs> that were not really good. Well. You know, funny you should say that. Um, I, I was, like I said before, studying a lot about in business. Mm. And there's this uh, Brazilian uh, uh, information marketer. He's like a genius. His name is uh, Erico Rocha. And he said something that really stuck with me. He said, if you are not embarrassed by the first product you launched, mm. then you launched too late. Hmm. You know? Ooh. If you didn't do something and that. then yeah and then course correct and then develop with the time if you launch when you were like super ready and everything was just in place which by the way is never the case yeah then you launched too late you know that's crazy yeah because it, it, it is actually if you think about it that's so true yeah look <laughs> at any successful social media or youtube figure you know yeah and go way back to their first episode yeah camera's kind of wonky audio isn't quite there animations are kind of amateur you know but they made it true yeah yeah and what's stopping from anyone to make it in any field right yeah and speaking about fields i know you cook sometimes and you post that on instagram yeah i try I, uh, are you like legit cook cook like do you know your thing or is i wouldn't say that like i cooked a lot when i was living alone back yeah. in brazil um every now and again i really try my hand at something and i get super into it mm. but yeah i wouldn't consider myself chef status <laughs> every now and again you know i'd find a good recipe yeah and then make it my own you know i take a lot of creative liberties that, you know with recipe yeah that's with everything basically but yeah. your risotto looks le legit man oh, <laughs> i could go for some risotto today it just it involves so much work you know it does yeah. and so much time also and you need yeah. to make sure that you don't burn that shit yeah 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 and depending on the kind of rice you're using uh you're you're gonna have to mix and mix and move it a lot right and, uh, yeah. it's a workout before it you... really <laughs> is by the time you eat it you've earned it <laughs> that's good that's good um what is your number one go-to dish after a long day you've spent training and then you spent talking to students and then you're just you're just tired mentally physically you just want to go home and have this dish uh wow um i mean my go-to meal is probably like the most efficient one yeah it's uh pasta with homemade uh tomato tomato sauce Halabui. and uh air fried chicken Okay. Yeah. Okay. And the salad, obviously. That kind of... See, I'm half Filipino. Yeah. My mom's from Philippines. Nice. And what she cooks, especially on birthdays, when yeah. we don't have a lot of money to spend uh, spaghetti and ch chicken, fried chicken, man. Oh, can't go wrong with that. Exactly, can't right? Can't go wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And for me, it's uh, my go-to meal yeah. is like a medium steak, medium cooked steak or mm. medium rare. 
kind medium of. Medium rare. Yeah. All right. I'm more of a, the medium well spectrum. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I yeah, like it yeah. redder and juicier. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. Um, it, it's funny you should mention fried chicken because I have a friend. He also trains. And he... He like he stands by this. He mm. lives by it, and he's mm. been trying to brainwash me since the moment I met him. KFC. Oh <laughs> yeah. man. He's like, it's the food of the gods. <laughs> you eat it, you wake up feeling like a champion oh, the next shit. day. It's amazing. And oh, that's crazy. I mean, growing up, obviously, I had it, and I had it a lot. You know, I was yeah. from the Twister generation, and you had the the Happy Meals or whatever. They yeah, were yeah, called. exactly. They would come with these VCRs. Oh my goodness, yeah. man! Memories. Yeah, we're born the same month, so you yeah, should exactly. remember that. Yeah, exactly. I, I do. I do. Yeah. That's crazy. But um, yeah, apparently, he told me. Uh, I mean, I haven't had KFC in what must be over 13, 14 years. Wow. And when I'm like dieting and I am super, super hungry and just exhausted from the weight cut. Yeah. Because sometimes I have to cut a lot of weight depending mm. on the division I'm fighting in. Mm. I, pa- I pass by KFC every day on my way home. <laughs> and sometimes it's tempting. And yeah. trust me, I've been a garbage dump after certain weight cuts. Yeah. But I've never succumbed to KFC, which to me, to me is like, yep, this is rock bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's tempting. It smells good. Have you had it? Uh, no, not in the last 13 Oh, and, dude, kudos and, to and that. And with this, yeah, and with this, I mean, like, trust me, like, I'm no stranger to sweets or fried food or whatever like when i'm really craving something i might as well have it you know obviously the lifestyle is very healthy generally i try to treat my body like a machine man you're super fit i try thank you (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah so he he spent some time in russia Mm. and he trained with all of these dagestani ufc fighters including uh Habib, uh, Norma Gamadov. Yeah. I don't think he trained with him, but I think he trained with the people who trained with him. Oh, shit. And he Crazy. swears that the guy yeah. eats KFC five times a week. He swore it. What? And he said when he's cutting, it's more like two or three times a week. Man, that's crazy. But then, I mean, it, that's biology for you. Not every single human being works the same way, right? Yeah, but also, you know... Uh, the guy trains like a freaking ox. It, it, well, you know, so like, yeah, yeah right. so whatever KFC went into his system is burnt clean, exactly. you know. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, I have a friend. He's Russian, and he said, "Well, also, mm-hmm. he's been raised on this. You know, okay. his his system processes <laughs> KFC way better than you do. You know. Oh man. Like if I go have like a real dirty meal, yeah. I'm probably gonna feel terrible the next day. Uh, yeah. 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 But if you've been raised on this and your body has adapted, because as a human you know that's what we're best at adapt adaptation that's true yeah <laughs> but yeah man i've heard a lot of bad stories about K- kfc it's notorious it's, for it's that it's a recipe for yeah, stomach yeah. ache and you know fire bathroom time yeah because <laughs> um there was one foot famous football player i'm not gonna say who because uh uh i don't want to you know disparage yeah but i have <laughs> proof yeah. that one, when he came to bahrain he's so famous that when he came to bahrain Everyone wanted to see him. Mm. And then one of the meals that he had was in KFC. And he has a vid- uh, there is a video of him going inside KFC Jafir. Now, if, since I said this, people might know who I'm talking about. Yeah, I know nothing about football. And yet, I feel like I know who you're talking about. <laughs> because, because this went viral uh, here in social media in Bahrain. So he went KFC Jafir. Uh, and the next day, he's sick. Oh. Like I know where he stayed And he was sick the next day <laughs> It adds up That's so crazy Yeah Makes sense You had a meal from KFC I mean like <laughs> uh, Like I'm just telling you My personal experience But obviously Whatever kind of athlete you are You will have your off days Or your yeah. KFC But for me It never came to KFC Like I mean We're talking pizza We're talking ice cream We're talking McDonald's uh, uh, not even McDonald's. Maybe, maybe I've had maybe. a couple of times. You so know, so is McDonald's uh, uh, upper in the hierarchy? I just, or? I try to like. Okay, if I'm gonna spoil myself, yeah, I like it to be of some quality. Ooh, I know? love that, man. Yeah. That's crazy. you're a man of quality, my friend. I try, I try, you know. And fast food, I feel it just doesn't do you justice. That's although, true. That's although, true. when you're hungry, when you're Sometimes starving, fast when, food is is what to get. But then, if you if you are cheating, right? Yeah. If you're gonna cheat. You might as well go for a meal that has everything 
a cheat meal should have, right? Then I'm not. I'm not like the biggest uh, burger guy. I really am not the biggest fan. Of, but if I'm gonna have a burger, yeah, it's gonna be a gourmet burger with hand cut fries. That's with, that's the. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Why yeah. would I go to like some In and Out and have some like sloppy, weird-looking, questionable yeah, meat? Yeah. You know? Oops. Yeah, sorry. It's, it's yeah. all good, man. No worries. Okay. You know, so. Yeah. That's just my personal opinion on food. That, but that's <laughs> true. I mean, would you now? You're a cheat. You have your cheat meal now. Would you rather? What would you rather have? Would you get a, a, a Big Mac? Nothing. Nothing wrong with Big Mac. I'm not against it. But you, you'd get a Big Mac, or you'd go, for example, to Cut by Wolfgang Puck and get a gourmet burger. If I had to choose the finest. If I beef. had to choose between a proper gourmet burger, my personal choice probably being like mushroom swiss or some yeah, fast yeah. food quickly assembled questionable burger <laughs> i'd go with pizza you can never Ooh. go wrong with pizza man you know what they say about yeah you know what they say you know what they say about pizza and sex like no matter how bad it is it's still good it's still good <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy that's true man yeah. oh man so one second I need to I need to get an assistant, man, to press record every time every half an hour. It's funny when I did uh, Anzur's podcast. Yeah, he had an assistant who was just like you know kind of adjusting the camera, and every time it would you know yeah. get past the thirty minute mark, she would just like. Oh that. man, that's so crazy! I really need an assistant because now I'm doing everything from A to Z, like yeah. making sure the lighting, the audio is working, and everything. Sometimes I'm going crazy. I'm yeah. like, oh shit! Like half of the conversation, I'm like, okay. This should be recording, and then I look. Oh, back. that's the worst! Like, because like um, we did our obviously for the online course, we did our own uh, production, uh, filming, and editing. Mm. And one of the most frustrating things, and to this day, yeah, I'm plagued by this. So I'm very careful when I'm filming. But one yeah. of the most frustrating things is explaining an entire sequence, class, oh. master class, whatever, and no. then. Either the camera no. didn't, like, either oh. you ran out of charge or yeah. battery or memory or yeah. you never turned it on. And, and you think, like, wow, that charismatic, loud voice, all of that energy, all of that input the that I put into the confidence and everything. For nothing. Nobody will ever know about it. Boom. I know that feeling because it <laughs> happened to me, man. Yeah. I do side jobs. I do, uh, what do you call those? Um, like, Freelance. Freelance, dude, ah. thanks. So I do freelancing, right? And I go find clients. I, you know, video some. I shoot some uh, video for them for commercial use and for personal use. And one of the worst things that ever happened to me is that I forgot to turn on the audio. Oh, no. Yeah, and this was for a, a person who was talking, um, a lawyer. Oh, no. And then I was shooting and it never got the audio. None of it. None of it. Oh, and I went boy. home. I'm so confident. I'm like, this is so easy. Just shoot him, slap on some words, and boom, that's it. Go back home, come here, put on the SD card, watch the video. And I feel like th there was a vein that popped in my head. Like, yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, do you, what do I say? Hey, <laughs> by the way, I, I got the video. It's perfect, but no sound. <laughs> I mean... I wouldn't be too hard on myself. Like a podcast I recorded with somebody else uh, last year, mm. pretty much the same thing happened. Well, it wasn't that he didn't record the audio, but uh, the audio, there was a problem with it. Yeah. So I had to come back again and basically mm. replicate the whole pod. Ooh, I mean, it turned so out hard. better. Yeah. We didn't try to replicate it. It was more organic. Uh, yeah. Okay, but yeah, yeah, since we already kind of knew each other and we bounced off each other really well, it kind of turned out for the best. I hope that doesn't happen here. But yeah. for me... To, you know, to avoid similar situations, I always have a safety net now. Mm -hmm. So other than the mic that we're using to record, I have the mic there recording. That's intelligent. All right. So, yeah. uh, you know, worst case scenario, I got the audio. Yeah. Regardless, good or like the average one. Yeah. That's a shotgun mic, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I started using that for Elements Online. Very effective. Yeah. yeah. Your qu the quality you're using is really good or, or or that you're putting out on YouTube. Is it like an uh, is it a phone camera or uh, uh It's uh it's a dedicated phone camera. So I got this camera. Nice. It's uh like uh like a next generation uh Samsung mm. and this is basically the the camera flagship Okay. And uh, we also use a special software yeah. to kind of utilize the best settings. Was it Filmora? Do you use Filmora? Or? No, but do you, do you recommend it? 
Filmora? No, I have one that's super good. It, you can't... The control you have over this app is impeccable, man. I have it here. It's Filmic. Sorry, Filmic, Filmic Pro. Uh, we've used Filmic. We've used Filmic for our, uh, an entire course, actually. Filmic <laughs> yeah, is really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really good. It's yeah. more advanced than regular. Like... It's so advanced, I actually had to consult uh, the guy who does our filming, uh, Mahdi. Yeah. He does most of the Academy's videos and stuff. I yeah. had to like bring him over one day. I was like, okay, teach me everything you know about filmmaking. Yeah, because it's exactly like a camera. The uh, settings that I get on this camera yeah. is in filmic. Yeah. So that's why it has the word pro. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And um, man, it's been an hour and a few minutes. And I don't want to take up so much of your time because I know you're so busy. Hey, um, I like talking. Like, yeah, I like. I could stay here for another four hours just talking about useless pizza facts <laughs> with you. That's one and thing. I would I, love to yeah. do that, man. <laughs> I would love to do that, to be honest. But I don't want to hold you back. You got some new generation to to pull into jujitsu, and I'm I'm telling you, man. If I'm gonna go back to, like, if once. Inshallah, everything goes back to normal. Yeah. Um, I'm not gonna sign up for a gym. Mm. I'm gonna go straight to jujitsu. Well, I, I'm, I'm I, killing I, myself. I expect no less. I just spent two hours here telling me <laughs> about how great what we do is. If you don't come, then I must be doing something wrong. Trust me, you're not. No, Trust me, man, not. we expect you there. And like I said, you're gonna feel right at home. I already do, man. Awesome. You're such an amazing guy. Awesome. I look up to you for a lot of things, and one of them is your dedication and your hard work and honest work towards your goal. Um, obviously, every every single human being has a different goal, and this guy is doing it. He's doing absolutely everything to reach his goal. And um, I really want to thank you for coming here, man. Um, no, I want to thank you for having me. Like I told you before, man. You're very good at what you do. You're Thank very you. passionate. And if nothing else, why wouldn't I b- want to be a part of other Bahrainis and their initiatives? Thank you. Thank you very much. Before we close, anything you want to tell our listeners and viewers? Don't have KFC. Like, sometimes life could be... Vi- <laughs> so, like Life is going to beat you down and it's going to drag you across the mud. Yeah. I mean... Have a burger, have pizza, go to the supermarket, get your favorite sweets, but never go down to KFC. And if your video gets taken down by KFC Arabia, that is my fault. That is on me. I don't think so. (laughs) This is just a suggestion. Not everyone's going to follow it. People love it. Like you said. I mean, you could be be a Russian fighter and it works great for you, you know? You see? So so. KFC have a new strategy, right? They can target Russian fighters now. Yeah, yeah. just don't target me. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) No, I don't think they should. And I don't think they would. Uh, Again, thank you all for listening. And we'll see you next time. Peace. Bro.